I'm Justin. And I'm Blake. And this is the How Do You Figure podcast. Blake, it's Toy Fair Week. This is insane. This is the first real toy fair that I have followed. The way that, yeah, the way that I follow an E3 or a Comic-Con and just the waves of literal waves of toys. Yeah. Is insurmountable because I just recently to try to curb my hobby. I won't call it an addiction because I refuse to do that. Like most addicts who need help made a list of just like, well, I'm going to collect these figures and these waves and here's what I'm going to do and what I'm going to do. And then there's going to be a finite conclusion to say a Spider-Man collection. This is everything I'm going to have and we'll be good there. And then they came out and proved to me that we'll never be done. Yeah. There will be things that I can't even fathom that they're going to do. Yeah. And then you'll see it and go, well, God bless it. That's just a <laughs> I never in a world imagined something like these tune terrors from NECA. These like oh, yeah. horror figures that look straight out of a Scooby-Doo cartoon. And it's wild. And it almost infuriates me because I don't really collect horror things. And I saw so many of these and was like, well, I guess I have to buy some of this. I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know how I'm going to fit all of it. I feel like this was a very good year for it being your first year to pay attention to Toy Fair because Toy Fair has not been great, in my opinion, the last maybe three to five years. It's been slightly disappointing. Even after I started just assuming it was going to be disappointing, it was still somehow disappointing. Yeah. But this year, man, there was so much exciting stuff. That's why I wanted to do this episode this week and us just talk about our reaction to what we saw because I'm very excited about so many things. And I do not get excited about almost anything anymore. But Toy Fair has left me very excited. I felt the same way I do after a lot of trade shows. Where I used to feel, rather. When, like, E3 used to be very exciting. And now Sony's pulling out. And they're not going to be there. And with Comic-Con, Disney's not there. And the things that I would get really excited for have just sort of stopped being a part of it. So I'm glad that this has now filled in that gap for me of just incredible hype. And it also is a weird beacon of hope to me that action figure stuff is growing. This hobby is getting bigger because they're not just doing things that are, I don't know, cheap, plastic, literal children's toys. These are now like inventive works of art and innovative, interesting ways to appreciate something that you love. And even uh, a friend of the show, a friend of mine, Matt Kanaka, who does a lot of horror stuff, he has a blog and a podcast, tweeted the other day, it's amazing how lucky fans are now. Because when he was growing up, when we were growing up, there was no Michael Myers action figure or -or trick-or-treat action figure, let alone one's that were being as goofy and silly as some of the stuff we're seeing. Like the, this world didn't exist. And now with Instagram and Twitter, you can just sit on like NECA's Instagram page and just follow stories <laughs> of close up, incredible yeah. sculptures. Even the things that I'm not going to buy, I was fascinated with. I, uh, I have been following toy fair for ever. And back when I was a newer collector, uh, we, of course, did not have the Internet and all of these wonderful things. So we would have to wait for print magazines to come out in the stores months after Toy Fair to find out what had happened at Toy Fair. So what was the timing for that like? Because I feel in the end of the day, if it really truly is still a trade show, part of that is to get retailers excited for Christmas. Yeah, it used to be – Toy Fair used to be very difficult to get into if you weren't a retailer. And now with the invention of social media, they've had to start uh, letting all of these – I'm going to say losers into Toy Fair. Yeah, no, Look, I think that's fair. I watched a lot of coverage. Like I hate to shit on anybody – but I watched a lot of Toy Fair coverage, and most of it was unwatchable uh, on YouTube, with the exception of Pixel Dan. 
Shout out to Pixel Dan. If you're look if you if you want to see videos of all these reveals, go to Pixel Dan's YouTube page. Uh, if you're looking for like galleries of photos and articles, Action Figure Insider, Daniel Pickett, uh, both of them doing fantastic jobs. But a lot of it, like <laughs> a lot of the YouTube videos, seemed like these social media guys were there to like pick fights with. <laughs> Like the Hasbro guys. Yeah, that's a weird – it's a weird thing that happens when you start shining a light on things that aren't mainstream as they become mainstream. We were just talking about this on one of my other podcasts of things you loved that became mainstream and the unfortunate problems that arise with that. I think San Diego Comic-Con and comic books in general is the best example of maybe this shouldn't have gotten this big because we've just revealed that a lot of these people – are awful. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I will fully admit, I am an, an argumentative asshole who has shown up at conventions looking for a fight. I may have caused a scene at the Mattel panel at Comic-Con a couple of years ago. <laughs> sure. Uh, but I don't want to see that in my social media. Uh, and that's one of the reasons I like Pixel Dan. And he also just does a fantastic job showing off everything and asking the questions. He literally asked all of the questions I wanted asked at the NECA booth. That's what makes a good journalist. You yes. have to know. It's why also we'll get to the, the toys will be part of this podcast, but I'm going to analyze conventions while we're talking because about toy become, Well, that's a whole, like it's become <clears throat> a whole thing with social media yeah. now where like the people in charge of these lines have become like characters to themselves. Right. Like if you're if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know a lot about the action figure com- current action figure community, especially the smaller mm-hmm. companies, all have these people in charge like Randy from NECA that have become these personalities and it's fun to see these guys and you can tell how much they care about the product and it it makes me happier to buy their product if I like that person behind it. Oh, yeah. It makes everything more fun. It's why a lot of gaming journalism is becoming personality-based. But even back to what you were saying of these kind of irritating fight-picking fans, we just saw this in droves with these NECA GameStop-exclusive turtles. Pre-orders were getting canceled, and that sucks. And I felt like for about three days... Everybody on like the Facebook groups I'm in was freaking out and tweeting at Randy from NECA and yelling and saying horrible things. And now they're everywhere. And it's like, look, if your pre-order got canceled, I worked at a GameStop. That should never happen. They suck as a company. Point blank. Yeah. I can tell you all about that story. But it's not a good excuse to go scream at somebody else on the internet, especially when if you had waited 48 hours... They were everywhere. <laughs> but also, like, you know, like we, uh, we've we had Bill from Mattel on, uh, who's in charge of the WWE line. And he has nothing to do with the distribution of the figures. Right. Like, he designs the figures. He decides which ones are being made. But once the figure is made, it's out of his hands. And a lot of these people who are, like, the social media figureheads for these lines, they don't have anything to do with distribution. But, man, are they taken all the shit. So it was a little disheartening to see some of these sort of like vlog social media people at Toy Fair given some of that shit, but it was still I was able to overlook it because of how great Toy Fair is and at the end of the day I, I just kept always, coming back to Pixel Dan's videos and they're always going to be great. I'll always find a way to overlook it. I will always have my Brian Altano's at IGN or my Pixel Dan's who are doing a great job covering the things I love. And I will always cut through the bullshit to get to that because I love these things. But I do also think if I'm going to like something, I'm going to address the uglier side of it and pretty much shape up or ship out. And I we've been mentioning like Hasbro and stuff, but man, the Motu fans, the Masters of the Universe fans and what they're putting poor Super 7 through, like Super 7 showed – amazing toys this year and there's nothing that super seven can do to make these people happy right he the guy i i'm sorry i forget the name of the super seven owner um great guy and great company uh but he seems like 
he has been driven crazy by these people. Of course he has, because it's it's what you said. You can't make anyone happy. I saw things. I'm not a big He-Man fan. I didn't really grow up with it. I was a few years late. I saw these toys, and for a minute was like, ah, do I have to start loving He-Man so I can just have these great figures? No, just buy them. I could also just buy them. I like to know a little bit about what I'm getting, so I'm not just like, look at this fun statue. Nah, just buy them. They're awesome. They're great, but yeah, then you see these fans, and I mean, Star Wars is the biggest culprit of it now, right? Like, everywhere you turn... I went from getting picked on for loving Star Wars to getting picked on by Star Wars fans for loving specific parts of Star Wars. Well, I have a major love-hate relationship with the Star Wars toys and especially the stuff they showed this year at Toy Fair. And let me say, and I want to like I want to dive in to each company individually and kind of give a rundown of like what you sure. and I really <clears throat> liked at the show. Uh, but before we do that, since we were on the subject of these company figureheads, the Star Wars Hasbro people seem like they are not human. They act to- like robots that were programmed by a corporation. So I don't know them and I don't follow any of them. But do you think that might literally be... The Disney part of it? I don't think so. Because at the exact same booth at Hasbro, the Marvel guys are great. Like Dwight and those guys, they are awesome. And you can tell that they care about the line and they care about the figures. And you can see the difference between the Star Wars line and the Marvel line because of this. The Marvel guy, they just sound like they look like one of them looks like he could be a Trump child. Like, they look like MAGA hat wearing frat boys. <laughs> well, um, you know, a lot of Star Wars fans these days. You know, why don't we start right there with Hasbro. Even though this podcast is mostly going to be positivity and about what I loved, because there was a lot to love. Let's start with Hasbro. Let's start with Star Wars. Because it's the only one that... I have some problems. <laughs> Great. Let's get into it. Because there was so much Star Wars stuff. So like, as you know, the three and three quarter inch line has been the core line yes. since the 70s. Of course. And several years ago, they added this six inch line uh, because, hey, let's mm-hmm. get everybody to buy everything again. Uh, so this year, they announced an eight inch line. Yeah. They're, they're releasing another scale. And they're $80, and this is insane. So this was a great example of something that I went, that's cool, buy. Because I saw the Darth Vader one. I don't even Vader think one. it's cool. I think the figure looks stupid. Like, I'm not a huge fan. They have, uh, in case you haven't seen them, the articulation is all hidden under the body of the figure. So it's supposed to do everything that a regular articulated figure does, but you can't see, like, the joints and stuff. And I don't know. Like, I just – fuck it. I don't care. I don't care about seeing the joints. I buy – I'm buying toys. I'm not buying, like – No, once you get up to that statue, hot toy, hide everything and make it perfect, I might as well spend 100 to $300 and have it be immaculate. Yes. That's why this is ridiculous. Yeah. Also, $80 for a – we already exist in a world with three-inch lines, which to me is like if you're feeling vintage and nostalgic, and some of those look great. But to me, I, there's not a lot of three-inch figures I want to display because they – that's where I go, oh, it looks like a toy where Marvel Legends, most six-inch lines, the wrestling ones, Star Wars Black Series are like, well, this is very displayable and toyetic, and I don't care if I see the ball joints. I know what I'm buying. It's fine. Now you're asking me to jump from what's a three inch figure usually? Seven dollars, eight, nine, ten, twenty dollars. You're now asking me to go up two inches and sixty dollars, which, if I'm doing my math right, is thirty dollars an inch, which means that in I don't think they're pricing them out by the inch. (laughs) Because hear me out. If you're now going to tell me. I'm going to go to the toy me, aisle at Target and be like, let's see. Uh, my son's got a birthday coming up. 
Give me, uh, give me about 120 inches of Star Wars. Yeah. What'll 80 inches run? <laughs> like, I've got $45. How big can I make this thing? They're coming out with classic vintage five-point of articulation figures. They're coming out with figures that are based on the ones that came out in the 70s. Right. And uh, over the last, like, maybe five years... This has been a big craze. Uh, Super 7 started it. Funko started making them. Uh, there's the even, reaction figures, yeah, right? Yeah, the reaction they figures. Them? And then other companies started making them. And they're all – they all go back to those three and three-quarter inch Star Wars figures from the 70s. So it seemed like a no-brainer to me and I think a lot of fans that they – that Star Wars would do a line like this. But the line – is all characters that were already released in the 1977 line, except for this Tarkin that, one, does not look like a figure from the 70s. It looks way too much like the actor. And two, is only available with, like, a game. So you can't even buy that. Like, I want, like... You want the 77 line to have continued in the 90s and now. I want, yes. I want, like, the 86 line. I want the 87 line. I, it, I completely agree with you, and I'll tell you exactly why. Because, A, you don't need to... I, there's only so many Luke's invaders I'm going to buy in my lifetime. Why haven't we done a Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, Darth Maul in this 70s version? It would look amazing. Right. A droid decar, a super battle droid, a Dooku. And this would be the year. It's it's a big anniversary year for Phantom Menace, and they love like lining these things up with anniversaries. And we're finally at a point where the prequels I still don't like most of them, but I love, as we'll talk about in a minute with some of these figures, I love the art in them. I just don't think they're great movies. But we're now at a point where people yeah. love the prequels. Like, I still hate the second and third one, but I've come to really like Phantom Menace as a very bizarre piece of pop culture. And I would totally buy those. What they did show, I think there were Celebration exclusives, the six-inch black on the 99 Phantom Menace retro cards. Yeah, I want that. That Darth Maul on the 99 back. I like those. I want that real bad. Uh, But the thing I really liked... Star Wars wise that Hasbro showed is a Jabba's Palace playset. Love it. Yes. I have been wanting something like this since 83. Finally, finally, finally. And they showed a skiff too, uh, that's really nice. So that the return of the uh vintage line with the new style three and three quarter inch figures on the vintage cars, those all looked good. The stuff looked good. Um, it just seemed to lack passion. I think that's been oddly true with a lot of Star Wars stuff in general recently. I feel like there's kind of this like lapsed, you can't win. Like every movie they make splits the fan base in half and EA can't make a video game to save their lives. And it's just a very like whatever time for Star Wars, which sucks for me because I'm always very excited about Star Wars and I will always be excited about Star Wars. I've gone th- I've gone through the dark ages and so have you. Do you remember when the best Star Wars thing we were getting was a 3D version of The Phantom Menace? Like, I was around when there was literally no Star Wars. <laughs> sure. I lived in a time where there were no Star Wars toys being made. Can you wrap your mind yeah, around Yeah, you lived that? through this weird era that I still am amazed by. We where... called it the late 80s, and it was horrible. And Kenner was just like, oh, we made as many as we can make. And now they're like, what if we just made all of them again for a million times? We've never made that wolf mad at a Black Series 6-inch figure. Here we go. I'd buy that. I would absolutely buy that, Justin. There was They weren't even tried. He's just wearing a wolf mask. And he's the single greatest character in that cantina. But enough about Star Wars, Blake, I think. Unless, was there anything else Star Wars you wanted to talk about? No, the, well, the only two things that I'm really excited for, and this is a, a weird example of something that I love but I won't buy because I don't collect Legos. They're doing the 20th anniversary of Lego Star Wars and releasing the 90s sets again with the Slave One, the Snowspeeder, oh, yeah. Scout Walker, and Anakin's Pod Racer. 
And those all look great. Like mm-hmm. that I saw and was like, oh, this is such a good idea. I like seeing this. We should. I feel like since Star Wars got Disney-fied, we've sort of buried the past a bit and like everything has to be new stuff all the time. And I'm enjoying this resurgence of like, well, no, there was a history here. And you're seeing that in these new black series waves too. I don't like the prequels, but again, I love the designs and they're so toyetic. And I was looking at my, my black series shelf and it's very original trilogy heavy because they're the best, but I have a Django Fett and was like, well, there's nothing else here, but now we're getting a grievous, which is a target exclusive. And that irritates me. Uh, the battle droid, the Mace Windu, the Padme. I love that we're seeing not only prequels, but expanded universe stuff in this line. Now you're getting Dr. Afra, triple zero and BT from the Vader comics and now her own comic. And I like that we're evolving beyond a needing a movie to make more toys and B getting away from whatever that movie was. It isn't just like Solo is out here. It's his characters in a Grand Moff Tarkin for those old fans. We're really now diving back into the weird nitty-gritty of Star Wars. And I like seeing that. Yeah, but at the same time, like, I feel like there's a lot of real, like, I have not been a huge fan of these new movies. I don't hate right. them. I'm They're fine. I've enjoyed you- them. Uh but I feel like we're not getting like the weird aliens. We're not from these films because it's so on to like the next new movie. Like they're not taking their time to really dive into the, and it's the weird aliens that I love buying. I think now that we have like an Afro and BT and triple zero that we're about to make that turn that that's kind of, that's the most mainstream weird character right now, I think, which is a weird kind of sentence, but once you kind of get the C list, we can get D E F. But even in the movies, weird characters aren't really there as much. And that, that does bum me out that there's a lot less Max Rebo's and Moss Eisley Cantino Wolfman. Blake, there will never be another Max Rebo. The worst part of Jedi. It's my favorite. It's my favorite what? part of Jedi. Is Jedi your favorite Star Wars movie? Jedi is my favorite Star that Wars movie. That makes sense. Yeah, I've always said that Star Jedi has the best Star Wars moments in it. That's got a lot of Muppets. Well, yes. And I love me some Muppets. You do love you some Muppets. Uh, what was the favorite thing? What company, what company excited you the most? It, it's such a weird one for me to say, but it really was NECA. Oh, yeah. Right it, now. It is for me like, as well. And they showed so much stuff that I don't traditionally collect. I'm going to circle back to the horror that I started with. But it just felt like not only were they doing so many interesting figures, but they're done with such care. Like there were so many new Pennywise figures. And each one on their Instagram story just left me amazed. And I probably won't buy any of them. But they're just so well-crafted and executed. And, and what you were talking about, the passion and care. And they felt like the only company that was sort of rising above just toy making and collector mentality and really trying to make something unique and special. And even in their like animated turtles, this Bebop and Rocksteady, this huge movie shredder, like everything just felt so cared about and unique. They have a Sam from Trick or Treat, Justin. In what world? Yeah, the NECA turtle stuff is very exciting to me. Uh, For those who don't follow Ninja Turtles or maybe not know, for years, uh, NECA and other companies have been handcuffed to what they can release of the Turtles characters because Playmates has the master toy license. I was going to say, I'm glad you brought that up because I have the, I'm going to drop the line name, but you probably know it. They're like retro, the four Turtles, Bebop and Rocksteady were all yeah, that came classic. out in it. Yeah. I still think that's my favorite line. I have those GameStop movie Turtles and I was looking at them real close. I think that's still my favorite. I think these new cartoon Turtles, and I mean, I say new, but they did come from the Comic-Con right. set, but... Now we're going to be able to get beyond those with Bebop Foot and Rocksteady and who knows what else. Um, the only thing I don't like about this is they're all tethered to two packs so far. But see, here's the thing. I've heard a lot of people complain about that, but that is a workaround that NECA has to do to be able to get those things in Target. So is that a Target rule or a Playmates It's a thing? Playmates rule. 
Uh, they can't have single-carded Ninja Turtles at Target. They can't be in the toy section, and the products cannot be below fifty dollars. So, in order to get these figures out to mass retail, they're fifty-two dollars, and they're two packs, and they're over in electronics. But that just shows you what a company like NECA is willing to do to get this product out to people. They've been jumping through hoop after hoop after hoop. And now this year, this is the first year where there's not as many hoops. So we're actually going to be able to get more characters. Finally. I wanted that classic turtle line. To go on forever. To go on forever. And that was one of the giant disappointments at Toy Fair every year. Is Pixel Dan would go over to the Playmates booth and interview that Playmates guy. And he... He looks like a soundly defeated man. He has been cuckled by Randy at NECA. Randy at NECA is putting together the ultimate turtle line. And this guy's stuck making figures from whatever's on Nickelodeon. My mind just runs wild with what could be coming from NECA. The Rocksteady and Bebop look great. But who knows what else? I'm very excited. I want that Krang. There's going to be new announcements at the end of May. There's going to be tons of stuff shown at Comic-Con. This is all very exciting. And I think NECA knocked it out of the park and they won this Comic-Con. So what's the big two-pack that you want to see? Because I think the obvious one, right, is Casey Jones in April. No, 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 that's not on my list. Well, but it's an obvious (laughs) that's going to happen. (laughs) No, our list is like... Pizza Face yeah. and Baxter. Yeah. yeah. Ray Filet. Yeah, I would like, yeah. Uh, Muckman. The Rat King. Yeah, like uh, all of those. I would love them to get back to old school Playmates and just be like, here's a two-pack of Donatello and Leonardo, but they're Universal Monsters. I would love that, too. We ran through this when uh, Carlson was on for one of our first episodes. And now these things could happen because NECA isn't cuffed to just, like, conventions. So does just- Playmates hate money? Or do they just want to feed this Nickelodeon beast? Because the show isn't bad. I'm not going to well, shit on that. that. That's the like. That's the good thing to me about this new show is the the from what I understand, from what I've heard, the reason that the cuffs are off in NECA and other companies, which we'll get to with the Turtles license, is because Playmates is focusing just on the new incarnation of the Turtles, these the superhero Nickelodeon version. So since they're not going to be making anything else, and they're a larger company, so who knows? You know, I right. don't know the inner workings of Playmates as, as well as I do like a Mattel or a Hasbro, but I'm assuming it's difficult for them to produce a $20 Ray Filet at a <laughs> major retail chain. Sure. Um, but I have faith that Randy's going to figure it out. Um, now, staying on the topic of Turtles – from out of nowhere, Super 7 is also going to do a line of 7-inch <laughs> cartoon Ninja Turtles. Is this a mistake? Uh, Justin, if there's one thing I've learned about the Turtles, that because they've been ever-present since I've been around, there's plenty to go around. Okay. And they're, they're unique enough, even in the animated Turtles, because the, the Playmates ones that you and I have, these ones NECA showed off, and these ones that Super 7 has shown off are all very different in how they look. Well, the Super 7 ones haven't been seen. We won't, uh, right. we won't see those until Comic-Con. Uh, and it, they, it looks like they're going to be made to kind of exist with the Masters of the Universe line. They're doing a couple of other figures besides the Turtles that are in that scale and kind of use that buck. They're using. They're doing a uh, Toxic Crusader that looked awesome. They'll I didn't definitely see that, pick up. And I oh, need it's it. great! Oh and they're God. doing a Marvel version of Conan and Voltron. Yeah. Um, on top of all the regular, like wonderful Masters of the Universe stuff that they do. So I'm real interested to see these Super Seven Turtles because I like their work a lot. But I think at the end of the day, I'm probably going to be sticking with the NECA ones because I think Randy will get out more crazy second-tier characters. Yeah. They say the two-packs, the first series of the two-packs, should hit targets in about two weeks. Wow. So be on the lookout. I just spent $100 on 90s Turtles. You're about to spend $200 more. Great. (laughs) 
Uh, the other thing I really liked from NECA, they showed some Goonies figures I'll definitely be picking up. Yes. Um, they confirmed that the Gremlins line is going to be continuing, even though they didn't show anything new. I'm very excited about that. That's all we need. Um, they had some They Live figures. Uh, they Live, it feels like every year now, there's a license that shows up for the first time. And, like, ten companies have the license. Right. Last year, it was the Golden Girls. There was NECA Golden Girls and Reaction Girl uh, Golden Girls and Bobblehead Golden Girls. This year, everybody had a They Live <laughs> figure. Do you Mezco, think- NECA, Super 7. And all God knows live. this is the furthest thing from a political podcast. But do you think part of that is because there's been so many, like, They Live parallels in, like, internet culture to what's going on? And that could be. And someone's just, like, make that money? Yeah, that could be. Like, I don't know how these companies, like, decide, okay, we're going to take this license out. Like, I know a lot of times it's with anniversaries. I'm not sure what right. year they live came out. Um, I, I I was never a huge fan of they live, but I'm a huge Roddy Roddy Piper fan. So it's I'll really, buy any Roddy Roddy Piper figures. Uh, so I'll buy that Super 7 one. That's a weird boat where I often land where I'm like, I'm never going to buy that, but I'm really glad it exists because I know there's so many huge fans of this. Right. And even um, my same friend, Matt Kanapka, he used to always say to me, because he's not a big superhero guy, and he used to always say to me, it must be so great to love superheroes right now because Marvel keeps making good movies and all I'm getting are these terrible reboots of the franchises I love. And bad horror movies. And I was like, you're absolutely right. It's great. I'm sorry that the thing you love sucks right now. But I had to deal with Daredevil and Elektra, so. Speaking of Marvel, coming up right behind NECA, I would say, is the Hasbro Marvel stuff. Oh, yeah. Except I'm very frustrated with them because all I wanted when they did the Iron Spider was to have his fucking arms and they didn't do it. And I bought that figure. So I was like, they're not going to do this. And here we are. I now have to rebuy this same figure with plastic tentacles coming off of his back because I am insane. I don't care. This, uh, the Iron Spider can eat a dick as far as I'm concerned. I love I'm that not, costume. Nobody else does. I, I love it. I Who cares? Uh, but uh, everything not modern, I love. These Jim Lee X-Men? Picking up. The, uh, the Jim Lee X-Men... Love them. I've already pre-ordered the Magneto 3-pack on Amazon. Oh, that also looked gorgeous. I think my favorite thing they showed uh, was the 80th anniversary stuff. They showed a Hulk Wolverine 2-pack where the Hulk is a perfect Hulk. Oh, my the God. Thor is perfect. Very excited he about that line. He has the engraving on the hammer. I've been – we often talk where I'm like, oh, man, I'm waiting for that perfect one. There's always going to be that one that nails it. And this – 80th anniversary line is where I just kind of go, this is it. These might be the last Marvel figures I buy because I don't believe that they'll ever be better than this. This is the perfect encapsulation of what I think about when I think of Marvel, the costumes I think about, the designs I think about, and they're doing it perfectly. Perfectly. And the new Waves of Spider-Man figures, the Scorpion, the Hydro Man, all that stuff looked great. Everything looked great. I just very, very excited to dive in to Marvel Legends again this year and keep buying. I, uh, yeah, it's, I, I never thought we would get better versions of some of the Toy Biz figures because I didn't think they could make better versions. Well, I'm just glad to see X-Men because ever since, you know, Disney got everything, that was the one property that seemed to die. Well, the last couple of years, like the Marvel Legends line has been doing just perfect x-men figures yeah and they really like they all look good together and they're doing very specific time periods and also they have a line of classic inspired x-men coming out did you see those yeah on the old they're the six inch figures on the old 90s cards uh and some of the outfits that those characters were in i need that cyclops cyclops is awesome the silver samurai is awesome love that stuff yeah, they were easily second place. And I thought I really wanted to challenge myself and go outside of my normal, oh, it's all going to be Marvel, and I love it so much. But they just whooped everyone's ass. Like, yeah. it, it, in the end of the day. 
It's the same way I get with movies where I'm like, ah, nope, I just like what I like and everything else can kind of suck it. <laughs> Who cares? And there were some fun Marvel movie figures, even though I don't collect those. Back to NECA for a minute. I don't know how we skipped over this because it was, to me, incredible. These Godzilla figures. Oh, yeah. Holy hell. This is a franchise that I've always enjoyed, but I've never considered myself like a super fan of. I might buy all of these. They have these like old vintage card backs from 50s or the 60s. Mothra looks incredible. Godzilla looks incredible. They're just... And this is another line that makes me really happy. There's two examples of this. It's uh, this one and the... It's the Adams Family, and I'm now Mezco. Mezco's Adams Family figures based off this yep. new animated movie. They are on my list, too. So, oh, oh, I didn't know it was a new animated movie they're based on. Because that artwork is the original Adams Family artwork yeah. from the, the comic. Yep. And they look gorgeous. They look great. And it made me so happy they were both getting this new Godzilla movie because, A, it looks amazing. And, B, this new Adams Family animated movie, which for me, I'm like, I don't need a children's-focused animated Adams Family. Give me Adams Family and Adams Family reunion and keep going. But when these things do get that big, I do get dope stuff, like these Mezco Adams Family figures that I don't think I would have ever seen if they weren't trying to make this movie. Or these huge Godzilla figures. And now that... This next Godzilla movie has every monster under the sun. It means that like this turtle line, this Godzilla line can get fucking weird and get into everything. Yep. Because I don't remember the last great Godzilla line of toys. Not in America, at least. Right. So I need it. Oh, yeah. This isn't just something I want. I believe (laughs) that similarly to how my body requires protein to function, I need this Godzilla toy. So these Adam, uh, these Adams family figures, they're part of Mezco's new five points of articulation line, and I feel like a lot of times when you say five points of articulation, people jump to the like reaction kind of figures, but these they don't have that like vintage look to them. They just have the less articulation, and in most cases, I feel like the less articulation makes these figures look nicer, especially the Adams Family ones. Right. Uh, the Scooby-Doo ones, I thought, all looked great. Um, yeah, I really like what Mezco's doing with those. Yeah, they're doing a really good job of... There's like a playability and toyetic sense to it, but it does kind of look like a living cartoon. And we were just talking about how I don't really care about the ball joints, but when the animation style can look like a one-to-one of whatever it's animated off of... Yeah. Then I don't want the articulation. I want a like 3D model of the cartoon. And I think that's kind of what this is mirroring. And I, I don't believe they've shown anything of the new Adams Family movie at all. There's no trailer. There's no really conversation about it. It was quietly announced. It's a smaller company doing it. It's not A24. It might be A24, now that I say that out loud. It doesn't matter. Whichever company it is, when I heard about it, I was like, that's smart. They don't do kids' movies. Make some more money. Use a property that blah, 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 blah. But it looks so good and real and tangible. And that's why I don't really need the articulation because I'm going to pose it in a way and then put it on a shelf and look at it the way I look at art. And I don't need to move the Mona Lisa smile. (laughs) Uh, Mattel as well. Uh, Mattel didn't show a lot of stuff this year. I know a lot of people are upset that they didn't uh, show their new uh, She-Ra line, but that is still coming in the fall, as I understand. Uh, But the stuff they did show, I was really into. I have not loved Mattel's DC figures almost ever. And now that they're losing the license, they're actually coming out with stuff that I'm going to buy. Well, of course they are. You know, when you're going through a breakup, you always pull out the big guns in that last week. You're buying your flowers. You're taking her to nice dinners. You've got a cruise coming up. I almost bought a girl tickets to see American Idiot in Chicago because I knew we were ending. That would have been a $300 ticket, Justin. I hadn't even been your AD on a set yet, which meant I had even less money then. Well, Blake, Mattel is whining and dining me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> with an with an eighty nine Batman style line. There, it's not based on the eighty nine film. It's based on the eighty nine Toy Biz movie movie figures. Right, 
and I love them and will buy be buying those. Of course. Yeah. It's incredible because we're getting close to an 89 Batman anniversary because Funko's doing this too. There's like It is uh 2019. Damn it, it is. <laughs> I'm as old as that film. It was the year I was born. Anyway, also while we're on uh, Batman and Blake, while we're on uh, that's a different podcast. (laughs) Uh, While we're on the subject of Mattel, I have to heap a lot of praise on Bill. Every elite that they showed, they didn't show a lot, but the stuff they did show for the WWE line, amazing. Blake, there is a figure of a man named Pat Patterson. Ah. That is being released. It's is a, he Irish? It's uh no, he's uh he's French Canadian. That makes uh, sure. There's never been a Pat Patterson figure. This figure is exclusive to Walmart. I am having slight panic attacks about being able to get this figure. I understand that. I went through a similar <sighs> rush of I need it, and I need it now. With a company that you and I very frequently are like, whatever about. And that's Funko. Mm. They, last year, released a Pikachu figure. And I love me some Pokemon. And I was like, well, they don't make a lot of Pokemon toys. They made a lot of them when I was a kid, but they were super tiny and they didn't have any articulation. There's a little clip, whatever. My favorite Pokemon is Bulbasaur. He was my first starter. He's amazing. If there's ever a game that lets me have him, he will be in my lineup. He's great. If I could tattoo one Pokemon to my body, he would be somewhere there. And they released, they're releasing him. Funko put up an Instagram with him on it, and I immediately dropped what I was doing. I was at a work meeting with our CEO and our president, and I stopped listening to them. I was sitting next to them, you understand? And I whipped out my phone, and I found it on Amazon, and I pre-ordered it, and audibly in this meeting about how our company was doing, went, thank God. And everyone looked at me. And I had to tell them what I did. Because <laughs> they all see my desk. Our president refers to me as one of the biggest fanboys in our office. It works to my advantage in some areas. Because I work in film and media, and every now and then just being like, I know that video game helps our clients, or our people who help our clients, rather. I was like, I pre-ordered this toy, and the look I got from the owner of my company, who has been signing my checks for the seven years that I'm in LA, was the most crippling thing, and I don't care. Because I will have that beautiful little onion boy, and he will be delivered to me as soon as he can be. I hope we can monetize this podcast before you get fired. <laughs> I do too. Job. <laughs> there weren't too many other huge things for me. The only other big standouts were uh, the Simpsons Funko Pops, which it's about mm-hmm. time we're back to that property. I don't know why they're not re-releasing the regular family, but I will buy a Bartman and I will buy Homer and a Moo. I think the Simpsons look so weird as Pops. They do, but that's kind of why I want them. <laughs> hmm. I'll uh, I'll be buying the Cheers. Pops. The other thing I liked, it's also a Pokemon thing, was uh, Wicked Cool Toys showed a lot of like articulate, good first generation Pokemon that like I grew up with, really big Mewtwo's and Dragonites, and that made me really excited because you most Pokemon toys aren't geared towards collectors, and I think now that a that fan base is growing up, and b there's a movie coming out, we are getting these. Bigger, better figures. I will buy that Mewtwo because it looks awesome. So that makes me happy. The only other thing I really liked, and it's it's not an action figure, but they showed it and I thought they looked so good, was Super 7's Universal Monster Pint Glasses. <laughs> I really liked those. I thought those looked great. I loved everything Super 7 showed. Like, even for licenses I don't know about. or Like, like I'm not a sports fan at all. But they showed this mascot line that has the Philly Fanatic and a couple of others. And it's like, I'll buy that. Like, they look awesome. I was the same way. There's a crab. I don't know what sports team that even is. Were there any lines or properties that weren't at Toy Fair that you wanted to see? They covered a lot of my bases. I couldn't think of anything that was left out. 
Well, Funko. Yeah, I know you're a big Muppet fan. I don't think there were a lot of Muppets showing up. Yeah, but you know what? I'm satisfied with the Palisades line still. Like the Palisades line, I don't think will ever be topped. Um, I could have used more Gremlins. We can always use more Gremlins. Was hoping that there would be uh, another Weird Al. I'm hoping that line continues. Uh, disappointed that there wasn't a, a Rowdy Roddy Piper to go with the They Live. Um, I really want NECA to continue the Bill and Ted's line. Oh, they will. That's another. We have a movie coming out. <sighs> I don't, I don't know, like. I don't know if we'll get the stuff I want though. Uh, right. Rokum and I were talking about this on Twitter that we want Station from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. And, like, that seems like the perfect NECA figure because it's a big, just, like, creature. Uh, so I was hoping for something like that. But, I mean, the, at this point, like, we're getting so many things from so many properties that the stuff that I'm now hoping to see are just the craziest, well, like, the Burbs. Like, the Burbs is my favorite movie. And I want, you know, NECA has done these figures with um, – uh, Shout Factory, the Scream Factory, right? Where they pull like a really obscure movie character with a movie, and I want Tom Hanks' character from the Burbs with the Burbs so bad. That but would be now great. I'm just that's just I'm just babbling on crazily. Yeah, look at what we're getting. We're getting it's yeah. So I'm in that same boat because my my two weird ones that I was like I wanted it so bad. Uh, the Jack's World of Nintendo line. Well, showed, there's still stuff. It's become to a post that you put on our Instagram, all Super Mario, which is great. Yeah, there's a lot of good Mario Odyssey stuff. I want all of Nintendo's other properties though. I want – they did a really great Deku link for Majora's Mask, and it's incredible. And I'm never going to see that anywhere else, and I love it. There's so many other characters in that game alone. Zora Link, the – just young Link alone. We don't have a young Link. We have so many of them. Where is that character? Like the fact that this line is still going. Is a miracle. That's fine. It should have been dead years ago. Years ago. And I'm happy every time there is a unique figure from this line, I am thrilled. Thrilled. I know we're never going to get like all of the. Um, They've never done an F Zero figure in this whole line. I'm just thrilled whenever there's a new figure. I mean, it's a great line, and that's why I'm getting picky about it. And I'm like, let's branch off. We had a few Animal Crossing people in there. Let's get an Isabella and a KK Slider. And but I think that's what killed the line. Like Slippy, was it Slippy Frog? Slippy, Slippy Frog is great. But Slippy Frog, there was like, I'm sure the day after every Toys R Us closed down, you could find a bin full of Slippy Frogs out back. It's one of the most expensive in the line. No way. No way. All those 3D Star Fox ones, Falco, Fox, the like, because they never do N64 stylized figures. But most of them are shelf warmers. For a while. Right. But I would even take like a Super Mario 64 polygon figure. We've done the 8-bit one. Oh, I'll tell you what I'm really excited about that Jack showed is they're making Bowser's castle. Yes. <laughs> and I got Peach's castle. And it's going to be great to be able to put Bowser's on one side and Peach's on the other. Yeah, that is incredible. Don't get me wrong. It's a good line. I'm just ready for some – I'm not saying we don't need a whole F-Zero line. I get that these things damage the line. But Legend of Zelda, Pokemon, these are the biggest properties they have. Breath of the Wild is the only game that has a one-to-one ratio for attach rates with a system. But the stuff that sells is Mario. So in order to keep this line going – They've switched to all Mario, and I am thankful for it. Well, that's fine. But then let's get crazy with Mario. <laughs> Look, all they're of doing these fine. things. They're yeah, doing fine. Jax, Jax, you're doing fine. They're doing great. You I understand also- me? Don't listen to Blake. You're doing fine. 
Before we wrap up, I'll say Loyal Subjects. I also loved their Ghostbusters stuff. Looks great. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm really liking their WWE stuff. Um, uh, and they've hit the point with their Motu stuff that they're making these like lower level characters. Not to call Fisto a low, lower level character, but, you know. Also, uh, Boss Fight Studios. I've known the Boss Fight guys for a long time. I'm so proud of these guys. Uh, they used to do amazing work on the G.I. Joe and Star Wars line at Hasbro. They left. They started their own company. And each year they're getting bigger and bigger, and their stuff's amazing. So that stuff as well. Um, but, man, yeah, just a very, very good year for Toy Fair. And I wasn't expecting it, especially with the closure of Toys R Us. I was right. expecting that we wouldn't see this much product this year. Well, and now it's, it's- – Supposedly, Toys R Us is coming back in a way, and... No, it's not. <laughs> it almost... It, maybe I'm wrong, but it almost feels to me like people at these companies were like, we got to show as much product as possible to let everyone know that the toy industry is not dying. Yeah, it was a little nuts. <laughs> now we just have to hope it all comes out. We'll be back next week with a guest. We'll have Haley Mancini from Powerpuff Girls... Uh, she'll be on to talk about her Barbie collection. And uh, Blake and I will catch up next week on what we've been buying. And uh, thanks for tuning in and listening. And I hope you you were as excited about Toy Fair as Blake. How can they reach us? Well, first of all, before they reach us, they should leave us a review on iTunes. That would be nice. That'd be great. Uh, they can do that very easily by hitting leave a review and then clicking the stars. The fifth one is the best one to hit. Uh and then you write something if you want to. You can then email us topics, questions, comments, concerns at howdoyoufigurepodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at howdoyoufigurepc, and we're on Instagram at howdoyoufigurepodcast. And we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash howdoyoufigurepodcast. And again, if you want to take a look at everything that we're talking about, I encourage you to check out Pixel Dan's videos on YouTube and check out actionfigureinsider.com all the pictures and coverage and press releases.